File 36 of A Treatise of Human Nature by David Hume, Volume 2. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by George Yeager. Book 3 of Morals. Part 1 of Virtue and Vice in General. Section 2. Moral Distinctions Derived from a Moral Sense. Thus the course of the argument leads us to conclude that since vice and virtue are not discoverable merely by reason or the comparison of ideas, it must be by means of some impression or sentiment they occasion that we are able to mark the difference betwixt them. Our decisions concerning moral rectitude and depravity are evidently perceptions and as all perceptions are either impressions or ideas, the exclusion of the one is a convincing argument for the other. Morality, therefore, is more properly felt than judged of, though this feeling or sentiment is commonly so soft and gentle that we are apt to confound it with an idea, according to our common custom of taking all things for the same, which have any near resemblance to each other. The next question is, of what nature are these impressions, and after what manner do they operate upon us? Here we cannot remain long in suspense, but must pronounce the impression arising from virtue to be agreeable, and that proceeding from vice to be uneasy every moment's experience must convince us of this there is no spectacle so fair and beautiful as a noble and generous action nor any which gives us more abhorrence than one that is cruel and treacherous no enjoyment equals the satisfaction we receive from the company of those we love and esteem as the greatest of all punishments is to be obliged to pass our lives with those we hate or contemn. A very play or romance may afford us instances of this pleasure which virtue conveys to us, and pain which arises from vice. Now since the distinguishing impressions by which moral good or evil is known are nothing but particular pains or pleasures, it follows that in all inquiries concerning these moral distinctions, it will be sufficient to shew the principles which make us feel a satisfaction or uneasiness from the survey of any character, in order to satisfy us why the character is laudable or blamable. An action or sentiment or character is virtuous or vicious. Why? because its view causes a pleasure or uneasiness of a particular kind in giving a reason therefore for the pleasure or uneasiness we sufficiently explain the vice or virtue to have the sense of virtue is nothing but to feel a satisfaction of a particular kind from the contemplation of a character the very feeling constitutes our praise or admiration we go no farther, nor do we inquire into the cause of the satisfaction. We do not infer a character to be virtuous because it pleases, but in feeling that it pleases after such a particular manner, 
we in effect feel that it is virtuous. The case is the same as in our judgments concerning all kinds of beauty and tastes and sensations. Our approbation is implied in the immediate pleasure they convey to us. I have objected to the system which establishes eternal rational measures of right and wrong, that it is impossible to shew in the actions of reasonable creatures any relations which are not found in external objects, and therefore, if morality always attended these relations, it were possible for inanimate matter to become virtuous or vicious. Now it may in like manner be objected to the present system, that if virtue and vice be determined by pleasure and pain, these qualities must in every case arise from the sensations, and consequently any object, whether animate or inanimate, rational or irrational, might become morally good or evil, provided it can excite a satisfaction or uneasiness. But though this objection seems to be the very same, it has by no means the same force in the one case as in the other. For first, it is evident that under the term pleasure we comprehend sensations which are very different from each other, and which have only such a distant resemblance as is requisite to make them be expressed by the same abstract term. A good composition of music and a bottle of good wine equally produce pleasure, and what is more, their goodness is determined merely by the pleasure. But shall we say upon that account that the wine is harmonious, or the music of a good flavor? In like manner, an inanimate object, and the character or sentiments of any person, may, both of them, give satisfaction. But as the satisfaction is different, this keeps our sentiments concerning them from being confounded, and makes us ascribe virtue to the one, and not to the other. Nor is every sentiment of pleasure or pain, which arises from characters and actions, of that peculiar kind, which makes us praise or condemn. The good qualities of an enemy are hurtful to us, but may still command our esteem and respect. It is only when a character is considered in general, without reference to our particular interest, that it causes such a feeling or sentiment as denominates it morally good or evil. It is true those sentiments from interest and morals are apt to be confounded, and naturally run into one another. It seldom happens that we do not think an enemy vicious, and can distinguish betwixt his opposition to our interest and real villainy or baseness. But this hinders not but that the sentiments are in themselves distinct, and a man of temper and judgment may preserve himself from these illusions. In like manner, though it is certain a musical voice is nothing but one that naturally gives a particular kind of pleasure, yet it is difficult for a man to be sensible that the voice of an enemy is agreeable, or to allow it to be musical but a person of a fine ear, who has the command of himself, 
can separate these feelings, and give praise to what deserves it. Secondly, we may call to remembrance the preceding system of the passions, in order to remark a still more considerable difference among our pains and pleasures. Pride and humility, love and hatred, are excited when there is anything presented to us that both bears a relation to the object of the passion, and produces a separate sensation related to the sensation of the passion. Now virtue and vice are attended with these circumstances. They must necessarily be placed either in ourselves or others, and excite either pleasure or uneasiness, and therefore must give rise to one of these four passions which clearly distinguishes them from the pleasure and pain arising from inanimate objects that often bear no relation to us. And this is, perhaps, the most considerable effect that virtue and vice have upon the human mind. It may now be asked in general concerning this pain or pleasure that distinguishes moral good and evil, from what principles is it derived, and whence does it arise in the human mind? To this I reply, first, that it is absurd to imagine that in every particular instance these sentiments are produced by an original quality and primary constitution. For as the number of our duties is in a manner infinite, it is impossible that our original instincts should extend to each of them, and from our very first infancy impress on the human mind all that multitude of precepts which are contained in the completest system of ethics. Such a method of proceeding is not conformable to the usual maxims by which nature is conducted, where a few principles produce all that variety we observe in the universe, and everything is carried on in the easiest and most simple manner. It is necessary, therefore, to abridge these primary impulses, and find some more general principles upon which all our notions of morals are founded. But in the second place, should it be asked whether we ought to search for these principles in nature, or whether we must look for them in some other origin, I would reply that our answer to this question depends upon the definition of the word nature, than which there is none more ambiguous and equivocal. If nature be opposed to miracles, not only the distinction betwixt vice and virtue is natural, but also every event which has ever happened in our world, excepting those miracles on which our religion is founded. In saying, then, that the sentiments of vice and virtue are natural in this sense, we make no very extraordinary discovery. But nature may also be opposed to rare and unusual, and in this sense of the word, which is the common one, there may often arise disputes concerning what is natural or unnatural, and one may in general affirm that we are not possessed of any very precise standard by which these disputes can be decided. Frequent and rare depend upon the number of examples we have observed, 
and as this number may gradually increase or diminish, it will be impossible to fix any exact boundaries betwixt them. We may only affirm on this head, that if ever there was anything which could be called natural in this sense, the sentiments of morality certainly may, since there never was any nation of the world, nor any single person in any nation, who was utterly deprived of them, and who never in any instance shewed the least approbation or dislike of manners. These sentiments are so rooted in our constitution and temper, that without entirely confounding the human mind by disease or madness, it is impossible to extirpate and destroy them. But nature may also be opposed to artifice, as well as to what is rare and unusual. And in this sense it may be disputed whether the notions of virtue be natural or not. We readily forget that the designs and projects and views of men are principles as necessary in their operation as heat and cold, moist and dry. But taking them to be free and entirely our own, it is usual for us to set them in opposition to the other principles of nature. Should it therefore be demanded whether the sense of virtue be natural or artificial, I am of opinion that it is impossible for me at present to give any precise answer to this question. Perhaps it will appear afterwards that our sense of some virtues is artificial, and that of others natural. The discussion of this question will be more proper when we enter upon an exact detail of each particular vice and virtue. Footnote 14 In the following discourse, natural is also opposed sometimes to civil, sometimes to moral. The opposition will always discover the sense in which it is taken. End of footnote 14 Meanwhile, it may not be amiss to observe from these definitions of natural and unnatural, that nothing can be more unphilosophical than those systems which assert that virtue is the same with what is natural, and vice with what is unnatural. For in the first sense of the word, nature, as opposed to miracles, both vice and virtue are equally natural and in the second sense, as opposed to what is unusual, perhaps virtue will be found to be the most unnatural. At least it must be owned that heroic virtue, being as unusual, is as little natural as the most brutal barbarity. As to the third sense of the word, it is certain that both vice and virtue are equally artificial and out of nature. For however it may be disputed whether the notion of a merit or demerit in certain actions be natural or artificial, it is evident that the actions themselves are artificial and are performed with a certain design and intention, otherwise they could never be ranked under any of these denominations. It is impossible, therefore, that the character of natural and unnatural can ever in any sense mark the boundaries of vice and virtue.
thus we are still brought back to our first position that virtue is distinguished by the pleasure and vice by the pain that any action sentiment or character gives us by the mere view and contemplation this decision is very commodious because it reduces us to this simple question why any action or sentiment upon the general view or survey gives a certain satisfaction or uneasiness in order to shew the origin of its moral rectitude or depravity without looking for any incomprehensible relations and qualities which never did exist in nature nor even in our imagination by any clear and distinct conception i flatter myself i have executed a great part of my present design by a state of the question which appears to me so free from ambiguity and obscurity End of file thirty six